We are the Marcelin Brothers, and this is the Marcelin Brothers Podcast, MBP for short. We are here to share our story and to contribute our thoughts about everyday topics in life. Time to sit back, relax, and get ready for the MVP attack. Hello, podcast. <laughs> We're going to do that again. <laughs> Just let it roll. Just let it roll. Is this one because for the boobers? You started. Reel? You started. Um, the it was counting. I said hello. It was, no, it was That's counting cool. already. Oh, yeah? All right, cool. Hello, Podcast Nation. Hello, Hello, Podcast Nation. Hi. Hi, Marvin. You're my biggest fan. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe it's you. Hey. Hello, Podcast Nation. Welcome to the Marcelin Brothers Podcast. Show number six. MVP. Six. Wow, I can't believe it's six already. It feels like five to me. Marcelin Brothers Podcast. Let's keep it rolling. Let's keep hey, it rolling. Hey, man, we missed you, Christopher. What was going on with you, man? I know, man. I was at work all day, every day. I couldn't. I I was very sad to hear that I missed the fifth one. Um, yeah, but I'm back at it. I'm ready to attack it again, and let's get at it. I might have to say, you do look pretty studious with your green scrubs on. Where are you right now? I am at an undisclosed location. <laughs> wink, wink. That's You're definitely so on break time right now, so it's all good, brother. It's all well, good. Well, that is dedication right there, man. Cool, cool, cool. So this week we have a really good episode for you guys. We're going to be talking about... Hey, what's today's date? That's right. Today is Friday, January 18th, 2019. Gosh, it still sounds wow. weird when you're saying 2018 or 2019. Yeah, I, I think it's 2018. 2019. That's a great year. Wow, I can't believe we're already there. Everybody's going to be a fantastic year, and I'm really looking forward to what everything is to come. So for today's episode, we're going to do the same things as we did before. We're going to start off with uh, a little intro, talk about our week, do a little current events, and then we'll transition to camaraderie through sports. So with that said... Junior, how was your week? My week was pretty good. It is Friday, so that is good. This weekend is going to be fun because it is my wife's birthday. So we've got some plans for her. She's had the birthday week, so it's going to be fun. We're going to have a family party. So, by the way, Christopher, I don't know what your schedule is, but this is your invite if you're free. (laughs) We're starting at 6 o'clock. It's going to be over at brother and sister-in-law's house. So you want to come ooh. cool, if not cool. Ooh, I'm ooh. also excited because tomorrow I will be headed down to the U. Ooh, wow. Because I am going to watch my Tar Heels play against the University of Miami in a basketball game. And oh, that's your real love, the basketball, Tar Heels basketball. And then Ron's going to be out there. He's still down here, so I'll be hanging out with Ron. Then wow. Be out there, hanging out with Bodlin. He's going to be there, too. So we got the Tar, Tar Heels Heel crew. down south. Going to see what we can do to represent. So 
I am going to be watching that game. The game is at noon. So if anybody from MVP wants to show and represent, come on over and come find me. I'm going to be over at the University of Miami basketball stadium over in Coral Gables. So I'd love to meet some of the MVP fans out there. You know, just introduce yourself. Let me know who you are. And then we'll definitely make sure that we give you guys a shout out the next time we're on the air. So we'll be doing you that. Might, you might cause um, a stampede or chaos at the basketball game with that um, with that calling to the fans. Well, <laughs> hopefully I won't be too much of a distraction because I got to make sure that I give all my support over to the Teals. To the U, now, right? Now to the U. Because, Go Canes. You know, being raised in South Florida, you know, I do have some University of Miami love, but I've got to go with the alma mater. You know, I've got to support them. So it's a lot easier. We forgive you. I'll tell you this, though. It's a lot cheaper to go to a basketball game down here than it is over up in Chapel Hill. So Ron's hooking us up with the tickets and then we'll be doing that. And then. Again, like I said before, we'll be doing some hanging out with the family in the afternoon. And then on Sunday, you know, Lee and I will go out to eat, have a nice dinner on her actual birthday. So it'll be good Once time. again, happy birthday, Leah. <laughs> happy birthday to you. And then, gosh, this week, um, just working on, working on the business, you know, trying to cool. work on... You know, H2M Properties got some projects going on in the background over there. There you go. And, you know, work was work. Another week done. So another day, another can't day. Complain, can't complain. What about you, Chris? What's going on with you? How was your week? Um, week's been good. Just been on that steady grind at work all day, every day, getting after it. Um, well, this must have been an easier month. Well, yes and no. It's... Mm easier in the fact that I'm doing something that I want to be doing. I want to be spending a little more time in um, doing regional. So for I'm an anesthesia resident, so with regional, that's where we go by doing nerve blocks. And that's something I definitely want to be doing a lot more of because I feel like that's the way of the future as far as anesthesia. If you have pain in a certain area of your body, um, target the pain, get uh, uh, some sort of injection, um, pain goes away and you're not taking opioids. Right now we're in the midst of the opioid epidemic. You'll hear about yeah. it on the news. So every, true. every time we turn around, we're talking about opioids, fentanyl, overdoses. Yep. And believe it or not, some of that does start at the hospital where they get prescribed fentanyl, they leave mm. without it, and then they're looking for any drug they can get after that sometimes with gotcha. some cases. So the more things we can do to avoid giving out opioids, the better. So one of the best things we can do is nerve blocks postoperatively. So that's something that I definitely want to look out for in the future. That's going to be the way of post-op pain, controlling the post-operative pain. And yeah. he is a medical professional, so he is allowed to say that. <laughs> but this is all just talking. This is not medical advice. Please see your own doctor for your own medical advice. That's true, too. Good job, good job. What about what you did during the week? What about our meetup that we had this past Sunday? You want to talk a little bit about that? Oh, man, that was this week? Yeah, that seems Jeez. so long ago, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, because I've just been in... We had the great fortune of being able to go to the Marvel... Um, I wanted to say Avengers, but it's not... Oh, yeah, Avengers, Avengers. It's not Avengers. Marvel, Universe. Marvel Avengers, Marvel Universe um, wow. show. So I got to go with my son, Eli... Um, we went with Harry, we went with my dad, um, and the rest of the guys in the family. I guess that's 
brother's father-in-law and brother's brother-in-law. And it was, Man, I bet it was you a had a blast. Time. Yeah. Great time. Eli loved it. He saw his favorite superhero, Spider-Man. Ah. Um, he also knew who Iron Man was because Daddy was Iron Man for Halloween. So Ooh. we had a great time. He enjoyed and it. And you guys dressed up. Yeah, we dressed up. And the show was the perfect amount of time. I'm talking really? about as soon as Eli started getting fidgety, getting bored, was done with it, the show was over. And we just went home before we had a meltdown. So it was the perfect amount of time. It was a great day. Nice. How old is he again? He is two and a half. He'll be three in April. I guess wow. he's not really in a half. It's almost three quarters now. Spending that quality time with the family. I love it. I again, love it. thank you, Leah, because Leah got us all of those for our Christmas gifts. So much appreciated, Leah. Thank you for helping us bring the family together. Hey. Let's go. I got to make sure you, I Marvin? give my wife props. Always. <laughs> I see what, what you did you, right Marvin? there. What did yeah, you do for this, me. This week. You know, this week, you know, still on the grind, going to work as a resident, of course. But something that I started to do a little more is uh, play with my drone. I have a, a 1080p little DJI drone, and this thing is phenomenal. It's so much fun. Um, I'm getting into trying to create little movies with the drone, trying to capture some nice aerial views and see things from different perspectives that we don't typically see um, in, ever, in our everyday lives. And uh, that's just something that right now it's bringing me a lot of joy. So I'm going to continue with that. Um, another cool thing, my wife's sister, she is currently getting ready to wrap up with her fellowship. Mm. She is a pediatric pulmonologist. She's changing the world. She's doing awesome things. And she's looking for a job. So we were able to um, have her over for a little bit. And we just had you know great times with her. So once again... Just awesome spending time with family, you know? Cool. So that drone, uh, why why did you end up getting the drone for? What is, What are you yeah. looking to do with that? You know, with this, so <clears throat> this is something that I think we could talk about in the future for another episode. Okay. But okay. I personally want to find a way to utilize our hobbies and make it into a business of some sort, you know? So that's going to be a cool uh, way to... Just make things fun, but at the same time, uh, you can get some money back in your pocket. So we'll see if this venture can actually uh, come into fruition. Uh, I liked how you chose the word ventures. <laughs> we'll talk more about it shortly. Another episode. Mm-hmm. Hint, hint. You have to follow along to see what happens next. Oh, yeah. All right, so let's go ahead and um, transition to the next segment of our show, which is the current events of the week. Junior, what you got for us? All right, so, you know, one of the topics and passions that I have and that I am starting to learn more about is just understanding financial literacy. So for those of you guys in the finance world, you know, you guys may have heard that one of the fathers of entrepreneurship of finance actually ended up passing away. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with the man John Bogle, but yes. John Bogle yes, is pretty much the father of index investing. So John Bogle is the man who founded Vanguard, and Vanguard is one of the biggest, largest mutual fund companies in the entire world. He came up with the idea of 
being able to look at the stock market and with the stock market actually have stocks piled together into an index fund and with this index fund being able to follow the actual indices in the market. So we'll definitely talk more about index funds and indices and all that stuff later. But essentially what he did was he was able to develop that company and that company, he made it easy for us to be able to buy mutual funds that mirror the stock market. And with that, as the stock market did well with those funds, the funds in those index funds did well as well. So <clears throat> I'll just read you a little excerpt on the story that I'm picking out. John Bogle, Vanguard founder who urged low fees, dies at 89. John Bogle, who popularized the low-cost index-based mutual fund as the founder of Vanguard Group Incorporated, insisted that most stock-picking money managers weren't worth the fees they're charged, has died at 89. He died Wednesday in Pennsylvania. The company announced in a statement that the cause was cancer, according to the Philadelphia Inquirer, citing his family. He suffered the, <clears throat> the first of at least six heart attacks at age 31. In 1967, he had a pacemaker installed. In 1996, he had a heart transplant. By word and example, Bogle, on the behalf of the patient, long-term investing in a diversified group of well-run companies. He focuses advocacy on index funds, those that buy and hold the broadest mixes of stocks. He cautioned that the pursuit of quick trades and short-term profits typically helped investment advisors more than investors. So we'll talk more about future episodes about index funds in general, but this guy is the man who was able to bring the stock market to the everyday individual, the middle class individual who is trying to come up, try to find a way to find investments so that individuals can retire better, individuals can help provide for their families. And this guy was the one that was able to bring it to mainstream because back in the day, you had to be some sort of you know hedge fund individual or somebody with very big deep pockets to be able to invest in the stock market but he made it easy for everybody so that everyday individuals are able to come in and invest in companies that do well so that we eventually succeed and because of him if you look at your 401ks you look at all your IRAs your retirement funds all these funds that are in these became available because of this individual so shout out to you John Bogle you're the man Thank you for all the contributions that you've had, and I think the contributions that you've had given to us have been able to help many, many individuals. So that's my story. Big props. Big props yeah, to him. Yeah, it's definitely an impressive lifetime of work. Good evening, yeah, because just like what from you were saying before, I believe prior to that, you had to purchase the actual whole stock. So like, let's say, let's try to bring this into context. Let's say I want to buy Google or something, a stock of Google. We're looking upwards of thousands of dollars to buy one stock. But since um, with this individual index funds, now you can buy into an index fund that owns part of that stock. So now you get to have access to that big pie without having to dish out the big cash to buy the whole thing. So, yeah, a lot more people get to participate, which is phenomenal. So, shout out to them. Christopher. <laughs> Chris, what do you got for me? 
So my article is going on a different turn. It's more of kind of just um, giving more directed towards the parents, just uh, kind of a shout out to always pay attention to what's happening with the children. So Fortnite is a popular kids game that a lot of kids are playing. I think it got number one in sales. And um, adults. Yeah, yeah, number one in sales at all for all time, I believe, for kind of like a video game slash social media game where the the kids kind of play on their um, console, they connect to the internet, and they can play with their friends, and it's this big interactive kind of alternate universe where they have a character, and they have some sort of quests, they do all sorts of stuff. Um, I think it was like the number one grossing in sales because they have their own cash inside the game, so you have to pay... Wow. Real world money to kind of get the Fortnite money. You do different quests and you earn Fortnite money, et cetera, et cetera. So unfortunately, what happened is there was a 41-year-old male who was accused of using the game Fortnite to lure children into unscrupulous activity. So he would friend them on the game. I guess he would give them money, give them whatever items in the game they want, and coerce them in the meeting in real life. And when he met them in real life, that's when the alleged assaults took place. So basically, this is just kind of a heads up with all parents, regardless of how harmless it looks. Um, If your child's playing a game, any game, it's connected to the internet and they're interacting with other people. Always have to have your guard up. You always have to be parenting your kids at all times. You can't just assume, oh, it's cartoons, it's a child game, it's harmless. Yeah. I mean, this right here was a prime example. It was a child's game. It was a secure... It's an environment set up for kids, yet there's always predators on the prowl wow. who are attacking people when their guards are down. I mean, I'm sure all of these children's guards were down. They probably assumed they were playing with other children their age. And just... Yeah. You always got to be on the lookout, no matter if it's the child iPad. Oh, it's the child tablet. It's child... Right. Food. Let's let him have it and go into his room. No, you got to always be on the on the lookout at all times wow those are really extremely important tips and thanks for you know dropping that knowledge on us because i had no idea i didn't realize how grand of a scope you know this this game is and i guess it is kind of alarming when you kind of mix you know children with grown adults kind of playing the same game um without having parental supervision and i could definitely see how a lot of parents, you know, just didn't know. So, yeah, because wow. like with Fortnite, it's, it's almost like it's an alternate reality. Everybody has, mm-hmm. you know, you're not supposed to use your real information, of course. Everybody has their screen names, and it's like an alternate reality. And when you're thinking about the internet, you've got all these people who end up meeting each other, and they all have some sort of mission that they're trying to do. So, you've got people from all over the world. So, Again, with anything too much can be a problem. Like it's great because you get to meet different types of people, but again, you can have, you know, predators who pretend like they're little kids. And sometimes, you know, with these games, just as you're able to bring friendships and camaraderie, you can also have an alternate ego and really do some serious things. So I I echo what you guys said, and. Also, with games like Fortnite, <clears throat> I mean, they make big money off of what they call V Bucks. So, essentially, you've got a different form of currency that's in the game. And in this currency in the game, you're able to purchase 
different items, and that's how they make a lot of their money. Mm. Fortnite itself is a free game to go into. So it's like an in-app purchase? Yeah, kind of like that. And what these V-Bucks are able to do, all these different things. So that's another thing that parents need to be careful of, too, is if kids have access to their accounts, financial accounts, you know, you can see them easily staying in front of these video games for hours and hours and hours at a time. They can take the credit card number. They buy things, and before you know it, you can maybe have a deep hole in your pocket. So definitely important to maybe play with your kids, you know, teach your kids how to do things and supervise them. Maybe have, hey, from this time to this time, you can do it so that, you know, the parent can always have an idea of what's going on. And then different things like parental access. Maybe what you can do is you have certain times of the day where you block the Internet access, especially when it's time that they're supposed to be in bed. So it's a, a good balance between having fun playing, but also realizing you don't want games like this to take over your life because that's where situations like what Christopher was talking about can come to pass. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So for my article, um, I got this article from Yahoo Finance, and I'm going to delve in and talk about uh, federal workers in the, the shutdown right now. So... Federal workers detail the worries as shutdown drags on. As the government shutdown barrels toward a month, some of the 800,000 federal employees impacted are in a fine, are, they're pretty much in financial straits right now. Um, can you imagine? Uh, the end of last week marked the first time workers did not receive a full paycheck. As a result, many are wondering how they're going to be able to pay their bills. So according to real estate company Zillow, federal workers owe a combined $438 million in monthly mortgage and rent payments. So basically of that money, homeowners owe roughly $249 million, while the renters pay about $189 million a month. So this thing is dragging on, and now you're putting uh, the federal workers in a very, very difficult uncompromising situation and man i what do you think like can we just as a country figure out what we need to do so we can move on these fellow workers need to get paid and this is a problem a huge problem yeah we talked a little bit about this last week and it's you know i've always tried to live my life and i know you guys have tried to do the same thing too is you try not to depend on others for your livelihood but this is a different scenario because it's not like you're asking for handouts for being able to survive. You are in a profession, you're in a job, and you're trying to take care of yourself, and now you're being asked to work. You are promised that you will eventually get your money back when when this is all said and done, and I do believe that at some point people will get their monies back, but it's tough because you don't know when. And so many people live from paycheck to paycheck where that one mm. paycheck is huge where I mean literally the definition of living paycheck to paycheck is I need this next these funds coming in to be able to do things that I need to survive the next day and that's why it's so important to be able to have an emergency fund set up and we'll talk more about that during this podcast about financial management being able to have an emergency fund so if things come up you're not having to depend on credit cards because now this is what's going to have to happen is people have credit cards. They're going to have to use their credit right. cards. 
credit cards have 28, 30, 35% interest. But even with that credit card, you're just buying yourself one more month. But yeah, that's what I'm to saying. say the same thing might not happen. And then eventually, you not only are going to have to get your money back, but then you're not going to be able to pay that interest. So now you're going to be even more into debt because you didn't have that emergency fund. So I don't know how people who don't have it set up are living. And I guess that's where side hustles come in. I think people are finding some creative side hustle jobs like... You know, there's probably a lot more people who are Ubering now. There's probably Uber Eats. Mm. You know, people are probably doing that. People are probably having to change their daily habits as far as going to the grocery store. You know, right. instead of buying the Giornos, maybe now they're buying Walmart brand pizza and, you know, whatever you need to do to make ends meet. And you got to do what you got to do. There's no right and wrong way. And, you know, it's getting to the point now where people may have to decide, hey, do I keep the lights on? Do I buy my medicine? Do I buy my food? So, very scary and i don't know when it's going to end i did not think when i first heard about this story last year in december that it would really be almost a month because i think there was a government shutdown yeah this last, is the longest one yeah to date in the yeah. history of the u.s yeah. of a because we had a government shutdown last year but that was maybe for like five or six days and then after that then congress was able to pass the bill but that's when you know, the you had the Senate and the House, they were the same party, so they just agreed to do it, and they both had the majority, right. whereas now you've got the House and the Senate being different, and I think because of that, it's very difficult to come to an agreement, so I don't know what's going to happen. What do you think, Christopher? I mean, it's definitely, it's just unheard of. I think that's not even fair that that's even a possibility that if two people, if there's a disagreement that you drag everyone's livelihood through the mud just because you're trying to force the decision that you want. I mean, I think there's definitely ways to go about trying to negotiate and get what you want, but trying to strong arm people into getting your way or the highway. I just think that definitely it's going to, it's going to come to a point where there's a tipping point and that's right. we're well on our way to that where regardless of what happens there will be this will be addressed and this will probably be at some sort of point where this will never happen again whether or not it's taken away the president's power to have a government shutdown or just something drastic will happen and it's only a matter of time once maslow's hierarchy kind of mm. comes into effect um, once people no longer have shelter, food, everything goes out the door. Everything's wow. out the window. Once you start messing with that, there's no coming back. So it's a matter of time. This The shutdown will not be more than a couple of weeks left because there will be pandemonium in the streets. There'll be martial law, and it will not last longer than that. And the thing is, so, once you have martial law, you're not going to have anybody to be able to, to keep to take because they're federal workers too. Federal workers, you know. Yeah. So that's you know, it's we're it's definitely we're on the last straits. I think everyone um, having their little bluff. Everyone's doing what they want to as far as trying to kind of keep their poker face on, but there's only. The writing's on the wall. There's a limited amount of time this government shutdown can happen before there's uprising and anarchy. So, yeah. Unfortunately, wow. the only thing that I think would help, and it's never going to happen, is if you had the Senate and the House and 
the Congress not get paid until this was all over, then they definitely would have figured something out quick. But I think you might be on to something like (laughs) that might be something that could potentially happen in the future. Just like what Christopher was saying, something has to change so that this doesn't happen again. And that might be the solution. But at the same time, I don't know if that's much of a solution because look at the kind of social aspect, the kind of who becomes the senator, governor. Most of these people are just um, wealthy individuals to begin with that don't really depend on day-in and day-out jobs. So it may not affect Congress and Senate as much as you'd like to believe or hope. But But I think they would at least feel it because right now they're just depending on their constituents and their constituents are gonna you know they're gonna say oh they're gonna the person is gonna blame the other person and they'll still get the people who want to vote for them but at least in that aspect they would at least feel it a little bit you know yeah everybody needs to have a little skin in the game and that's a great way to get that Thanks for listening to the Marston Brothers Podcast. And remember, do work and make a difference in somebody's life.